wish that the person who did it would just get what they deserved. If I'm really honest with you, I am one of those people this morning. I come here this morning, and the second I ask that question, I have a name or two on my heart and in my brain. They've hurt me, they've betrayed me, they've hurt someone I love, they've betrayed someone I love, and I wish they'd just get what they deserved. And this is what I want us to know this morning. This hurt, this grudge, this anger, this frustration that is not dealt with in our lives buries itself in our heart and our soul, and it pops up like whack-a-mole in your life. A friend says something, I'm to you, and here comes that mold, right? You, you don't even know where it comes from. The anger and the frustration pops up. A few days later, here it comes again and again and again and again. That anger, that frustration, that pain, that grief, it pops up like whack-a-mole. And I don't know if y'all know where this game is, but it's usually in Chuck E. Cheese, and that is not God's desire for our lives. Can I get an amen? God does not want us living in Chuck E. Cheese the rest of our lives. God doesn't want us playing whack-a-mole the rest of our lives, hoping for these tickets to come out at us so we can buy cheap things that messy up my house. If y'all want to know how I feel about Chuck E. Cheese. Um, this is not what God wants for us. God wants us not playing whack-a-mole, but building a kingdom a kingdom of love and goodness, of justice and mercy. A good kingdom. We spend so much of our lives playing whack-a-mole while this hurt digs holes in our core and in our soul and buries itself in the center of our lives. And here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. We lose heart. We stop trusting. We carry this toxic mess around in our bodies because we are just playing whack-a-mole and we're not building God's kingdom and being part of the purpose, the meaningful and joyful and good purpose that God has called us to. We are in a series called The Donut Effect. We've looked at the book of Jude. It's this teeny tiny book. It's the end of the Bible right before Revelation. And we've studied closely what it is that God offers to us when, like a donut, we are hollowed out at the very center of who we are. Does anybody feel like you're living like that lately? I don't really know what's in my core, right? I can't get in touch with it. I just feel like I'm living this empty and exhausted and unfulfilling life. Jude, the person who wrote this book of the Bible, he warns people that living like this, living hollowed out empty lives, will, will cause us to start digging holes in the lives of others for molds to take their home in. And then we all are just playing whack-a-mole all the time. Jude warns us that living hollowed-out lives, not dealing with these holes that come in our lives by living in a broken world, right? Uh, we live in a world that's filled up with, with evil. That's how these holes come about in the first place. And Jude says, in this, in this Bible, he writes to these people, and he says, when you do that, you're going to start polluting your body. When you start not dealing with the holes in your life, you're going to start polluting your body. Does anyone know anyone in here who's dealt with the pain, the trauma, and the hurt in their lives by polluting their body with something they should not be doing? Drugs, alcohol, something else? Jude warns us, this 
done that in this room. Jude said that when we live these, these hollow, hold-out lives, right, that we begin to abuse others, that we use our words and our actions to hurt people who love us and care for us. When we live lives that are hollowed out, before we know it, we are abusing people that we love. Who knows people who respond to the pain and trauma of their lives by hurting others? Letting things in this broken world Bible basically means 
ministry, and I'm just going to tell you the truth, that the people who I worked with in this women's prison who lived in a, in a place with no air condition and, and very terrible living conditions, right, a lot of them lived and grew up below the poverty line. They couldn't afford a lawyer who could help get them out of the mess they were in, right? They were getting what they deserved. A lot of them were people of color. 95% of the women grew Women in prison grew up in, in poverty. That's who fills the prisons of the United States. While people who are wealthy that often commit crimes and inflict pain are walking around absolutely free in this world, right? This is a piece of being human. If we looked around and we really thought about how the world is around us, it doesn't always feel like people get what they deserve. People long ago, Moses that he refers to in here, the other folks that he refers to in here, these people lived in a world where the Egyptians literally enslaved and oppressed the people of God, made them build bricks and buildings for them and treated them terrible, didn't feed them, right? He oppressed them. And these people said, God, we need a God of justice. We need a God who's going to come down here and fix these Egyptians. Some of you this morning are longing for a God of justice, a God who gives people what they deserve, a God who frees the We serve a God of justice. People get what they deserve. But that's not the only thing God is, thank goodness, because these same Hebrew Israelites that were praying for people to get what they wanted needed a God of grace a few months later, right? They finally sailed out in the wilderness, and do you know what they did for this God who literally saved them from the worst imaginable situation in the whole world and delivered them, says, I'm going to send you to the promised land. There's going to be pomegranates and cucumbers and olives.
Hollowdale. We recognize that we serve a God of justice and we serve a God of grace. Sometimes God gives us what we deserve. And for whatever reason, sometimes that leads us to a grace where we get something we don't deserve. We get a shot at new life. We get a chance to love again in a new way. We get something that we don't deserve. We serve a God of grace. And this is what Jude talks about the most in his book, is a God of mercy. Mercy is when we don't get what we do deserve. Mercy is when we don't get what we do deserve. And there's a reason he talks about this more than anything else. There's a reason why. Because people who have been given mercy, they live, they live free. They walk a little lighter. People who are really good at offering mercy, I'm not saying you're like a, a stomping brick on the way to something. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying people who can give mercy, who can want not what people deserve, but want something better and different in this world and in this kingdom, those people walk a little lighter. And this is what Jude says about it. I want you to listen. Be merciful to those doubt. Those who say, there's no way that God you're worshiping is worth it on a Sunday morning. You know what You know what Jude says? Give them mercy anyway. Tell them about what you learned this morning. Tell them about what God's doing. Invite them to your Bible study. Invite them over to dinner. Be merciful to those who don't believe that this is a God of justice and grace and mercy. Who don't believe our God could be good and build a kingdom. Be merciful to those who are playing whack-a-mole every single day of their lives. Give them what they do not deserve. Give them what they do not deserve. Save others. This is kind of interesting language, so y'all hold on with me, okay? We're, we're not in Chuck E. Cheese anymore. I'm just letting you know. Um, save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. This sounds rough, right? But how many of you have stood on the edge of the Somebody has offered you mercy. Somebody has offered you a word or a hand to pull you back from the edge and let you know how important, how worthy, and how special you are. Our God is merciful. Our God is merciful. Our God is just. Our God is graceful. And our God is merciful. What does that mean? What does that mean for those of us living hollowed out lives? This is what it means. Those whack-a-moles that are coming up in your life, you have to give them to God. I'm not saying to you, I'm not saying to you that you have to get back in a relationship with somebody who's hurt you. I'm not saying to you what, what, what it's going to look like. What I'm saying to you is if you give that mold to Jesus and trust his mercy, his justice, and his grace for that person, you're going to walk freer. And I need to tell you something, y'all. This world needs free, light-walking people. We need people building bricks in the kingdom of God, not playing whack-a-mole every single time something happens in their lives. I'm telling you this as a person who had a really hard time for months forgiving or offering mercy to someone. I There is nothing I have wanted more than for somebody to get what they deserve. Woke up one morning when I read, I, I'm going to trust you, God, to use somebody else to snatch them out of the fire, but i got to let this go. I'm going to trust you, God, to put somebody in their life to offer them the mercy and hope and goodness of you. It's not me, God, but I'm going to pray for that. I'm going to 
need you to be a God of mercy in my life. I need healing in this place, and I need to let go of that pain. And I can't even tell you what freedom I walk in today. I have sat at coffee with people who have been divorced, and they look across the table at each other. I'm, the, I'm like third wheels there with my coffee, and it's, it's a wife and a husband who've gone through a, a, a terrible divorce. And I've watched them look at each other and say, we're not getting married again. Wind up like we thought, but I forgive you. And I watch a God of justice and grace and mercy heal them. This is what you want. This is what you have seen in the world. A world where people can be, be forgiven and extend mercy to one another. I've sat. I've sat in family visitation rooms in a prison when, when a victim of a crime looks across at them and says, When they look across the room at the person who hurt them and they said, I forgive you and I pray that God will be a God of justice and grace and mercy in your life. And now every single thing they experience in the life isn't playing whack-a-mole, but instead they're living a life connected to their purpose and joy and goodness. I sat in the room and I've watched it happen. It is possible. It is possible. I mean, goodness gracious, Peter is a disciple of Jesus, right? And, and he Jesus is like, you're going to deny me three times before I even die on the cross. And Peter's like, no, there's no way. And sure enough, before Jesus dies on the cross, Peter, his best friend, and for three years in ministry, right by his side, says, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. And you know what God does anyway? Our church, the church of God, is built on the rock that is Peter. Because we serve a God of justice. Peter got what he deserved. He, for serving Jesus for
watched it. I watched it when eight, ten people at our church offered free laundry to people who didn't even know how they were going to pay for it that week. And we just put quarters and soap in there, and they got to pray and know that they were loved and worthy. On the edge of, of, of disaster, not knowing even how they were going to wash their clothes that week, we just threw them a lifesaver. Because we believe in a God of justice and grace and mercy that turns our donuts. I think y'all ate donuts that morning. But he turned the donuts into life preservers. And he used people to snatch us from the edge of the fire. God does this at, at, in so many ways. And so I just want you to pray. With, I just want you to close your eyes. And I'm going to ask. I'm just going to say a few things. And I just want you to, to hear the word saying, don't worry about who's saying it. Just know that you aren't alone. And that in this church, God wants to use your donuts, your holes, your whack-a-mole to become life preservers and to save and help someone else. You have single-parented for a really long time. You've been betrayed. Someone has lied to you. You missed a promotion at one of us. 